Welcome to Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by irishillustrated.com. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley and Pete Sampson. We, it's the day after signing day, which is about as anticlimactic as we could possibly have ever imagined from what it used to be. But 21 in Notre Dame's 22 players in the class of 2019 signed back in December. The one that they did get was a big one, Isaiah Foskey. I think we all like him, and we'll talk about him a little bit. But, um, you know, Notre Dame ranks somewhere between 12 and 15, I guess. I think it's more like between 14 and 16. Okay, more yeah. like 14 and 16. Um, what do you guys think? Strengths, weaknesses, how do you look at this class? I think strengths, um, most people can agree. The lines, which is good to have as your strengths as long as you augment it other, other places. I had the defensive line as my best group. I think, Tim, you had the offensive line. Pete, I'm sure you have one of those too. Right. Uh, so strengths would certainly be up front on both sides of the trenches. Uh, I think I, I guess I like the upside of the defensive players. Um, I don't know if this is accurate or fair, but I think I see one tackle, two guards in the center among the offensive linemen. Because I don't, I think Quinn Carroll be a great guard. I don't know how he'd be a tackle. That's how I feel. So I kind of lowered. Them I think a he could be a. I think yeah. he'd be a quality tackle. Sure, but I think sure. they're looking at him inside. Well, actually, Jeff Quinn said tackle yesterday um, on his sort of pre-produced in-house media, which like once they're already here, you don't need to use that as a recruiting pitch yeah, anymore. That's, that's true. I was going to say they use um, that for everybody coming well, in. Well, look, but... if he's a tackle, he's a guard. Whatever. He's six six, three hundred yeah, pounds, good player. And, and really athletic and and very strong. So it's um, we like both positions. Yeah, yeah, I I guess I would probably go. I think I'd go offensive line one and defensive line two, and then like defensive back collectively three. Um, I think that's all, a pretty big drop off, though. Yeah, don't you think? But I do like. I just like all three of those groups yeah. on their own merit. Like I I like the defensive back group, not like just for Notre Dame or, like, just what they were able to cobble together. I just think it's a good group. Um, I, I probably like Isaiah Rutherford more than you do. Um, I absolutely think Kyle Hamilton is going to be great here. Um, and I think, I guess I would be surprised if Litchfield Ajavon wasn't just sort of a, a good player over the course of five years. I, you know, K.J. Wallace, I, I think, was a guy that probably looked better when Notre Dame got him. Than he does. Yeah, now. that has small, it, like, it does happen when you get a guy so smaller early. And, like I, I feel like in some ways he's he's gotten smaller as the recruiting process has gone on. Um, Not like Kinlaw though, where he dropped five inches and no, pounds. no, no it's just uh, I think you know you, you watch him match up with Kyle Hamilton on a high school level, and Kyle Hamilton's like jumping over his back to catch passes. Um, I look, Julian Love was not a huge guy. Tariq yeah. Bracey's not a huge guy. Yeah. It doesn't mean that K.J. Wallace can't be a really good college yeah, but, player. Yeah, Sean Crawford's not a huge guy either, nope. and that's kind of worked against him. I, you know, I'm with you guys on this. I mean, I Tim, I agree with you in terms of, well, we, we all, we're all saying it. The, the strength is in the in the lines. And I think, and here's just a theory that I use for Thursday thoughts. I, maybe it's an easy hook, but you get to playoffs with, with great offensive and defensive line play. You get beyond getting to the playoffs mm-hmm with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Ross and guys like that. And I don't think the Notre Dame got that in this class. I mean, I think that, I think they, I think they missed it running back and wide receiver, um, tight end, obviously they missed, but they're going to benefit right, next year right. with those two guys. And that's, it's, I want those two guys. I wouldn't have, have wanted to get a throw in at tight end and only got one of those two. Um, it is fair to do two cycle rankings too. It's it is. fairer than one because it is. A, a coach like, you know, someone that's entrenched in Notre Dame, like Kelly knows, this is the room we have. This is what we have next year. This is who right. we're going to lose. So it's, it's a two-cycle thing is the way to go. But you can't 
There's 365 days in a year, man. we got to grade the class once in a while. Right, right? it <laughs> is. And I do think the two-cycle thing, and we're going to do something on that, whether Kevin Sinclair does it or I do that, I, I think that that's, and that's something I did a long, long time ago, started doing a long, long time ago. And I do think it's fair. I'm not as high as you, Pete, on, um, you know, the DBs collectively because I don't, I, I just I just can't get a real gauge on Rutherford. But don't you have them, one of those two positions, third and the next one fourth, safety and corner? Would you say? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that would be. But I don't like. But yeah. but I thought that they came up short at running back. They came up short at wide receiver. So it was by they default. Didn't, it was they by didn't default. get any tight ends. Okay. I mean, I like the, I like the linebackers, but I but there are so many question marks on the right. linebackers. I guess it's a question of do you like the DBs more or the linebackers more? The and DBs. I, and I like the DBs more. Yeah. Me too. The four DBs uh, that we're saying and the four linebackers. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I mean, you, you, because you're projecting so much with the linebackers, uh, Leofau, you know, has to. Put weight on. Bertrand's probably closer to six foot, although we saw with Coney that that doesn't necessarily matter. Um, I'm not high on Kaiser. I love Iquanu. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that that, I just think that after the two lines, both sides of the line, I think it's a pretty precipitous drop off at that point. But I think there's a bigger drop off almost from, uh, well, maybe not bigger, but I, I can argue safety cornerback linebacker because of the numbers too. Yeah, I just have a lot of trouble arguing running back and wide receiver right now. No, it was a poor effort. It was a, it was poor, a poor effort. Yeah, it it was. Opinion. Now, you know, Abdul Rahman, I think, has a ton of upside because yeah. he's such a great athlete. But, I mean, they, you know, you like him at running back, Tim, and I get that. I think that that's a, that's, you know, would be an interesting move. They need a wide receiver. You, the, the learning curve from being a high school quarterback to being a wide receiver in college can be huge. I mean, hugely significant. So. You know, that's, that's about where they are. And I think we all like Brendan Clark more than the rating, necessarily. But, I mean, we're, you're not yeah. going to grade a quarterback class with just Brendan Clark overly high because he might not be good, and then that's a, a miss, a quarterback yeah. for that cycle. And you're not going to get two quarterbacks. It's not If you get two quarterbacks now, unless one is a position changer, you're just guaranteeing a, a pre-grad transfer. The, I mean, the issue at quarterback is still, if Notre Dame, Tim, you reference sort of the Trevor Lawrence, Justin Ross, like, they need Phil Dracovic to be a lot more like Trevor Lawrence. Absolutely. And, and, if, and, if, that and if he is, then then the two-year cycle, yeah. Brandon right. Clark is a guy who's going to really have to wait his turn. Um, and then you got Drew Pine behind him. So that, that, that's okay. That is okay. My Yeah, uh, in terms of the health of the position, I think it's fine. But my point on Clark was I like Brendan Clark, but I like Phil Dracovic and Drew Pine more. So where does that put my rating of Brendan Clark? It's kind of right. a way of that's not maybe fair to Brendan Clark because yeah, could be, you look, know, two years ago you would have said like – right. I like Ian Book, but I like Brandon Wimbush and, and Phil Dracovic uh, better. Yeah, exactly. Who's exactly. the starter. Yeah, so you need that. I mean, it, it's just a reality, especially in Nordane. When you get a high-rated quarterback, the next guy's going to be a bridge guy. I mean, it's going to be very difficult to get a four- to five-star. That's exactly why Cade McNamara's not here. Right. Because he was like, I'm not coming in behind Phil Dracovic. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I do want to touch upon uh, Greg Gabriel, um, went through Notre Dame seniors eligible for the draft. There's five on offense, basically, and four on defense. And I just want to kind of talk a little bit about the four guys on defense because, I mean, Tillery, Love, Coney, and Tranquil definitely all, are all getting drafted. They could all get drafted within the first four to five rounds. Yeah. Um, and they haven't had that many drafted in the top four to five rounds on defense since 1994, which... Was after the '93 season, produced, yeah, which yeah. produced a, an, an absolute uh, ton of talent there. 
Uh, but, Pete, you talked to you went to C. Tillery. We talked about that last week. Love Coney Tranquil. I mean, Tranquil won the, the I guess, the linebacker, uh, the top linebacker or at least practice player uh, at the Senior <laughs> Bowl, which is which is no surprise. And and uh, Gabriel loves Coney. So, you know, I mean, there, there's some I, – I, I did think it was interesting that um, – I'm not shocked, but I guess a little bit surprised – Sam Mustafer was not invited to the the combine, and I I don't I'm think he wasn't invited to the combine. Being, <laughs> being invited to the combine as an yeah, All American center, he literally he made an All American team at center, and he wasn't invited to the combine. So which I am which all, yeah, which all, I mean, he shouldn't have made an All American team. Which no, are, but he should have been invited to the combine, probably. That's I, I would, how I I would think it. so. There aren't a ton of I, I don't have a I don't have a list of right. s- strong center candidates right here in front of me. I I meant to do that, but I don't I don't think it's a great I don't think it's a great center class and so from that standpoint it's surprising the reason i'm saying i'm not shocked is because i don't think that he had a really good 2018 season i just think i guess i'm shocked because he's a starting center for the national yeah, 30, playoff team yeah 30, 39 straight right i mean he was i don't know excellent uh regular season. fourth year yeah yeah, yeah. did you get a, uh, did, have you, did you get a chance to talk to him have you tried to talk Mustafer? to him no i have not talked to yeah, him. yeah um, I'm, I'm gonna i mean that's I, I don't know if i'd reference this on the podcast but it was my understanding that he was having hand surgery after the season that he had a torn okay well torn that w- something in his thumb that would make sense that he snaps the ball with um yeah but still alex bars is going to the combine right so yeah right you know, injury should not but alex bars was playing really quality football for four and a half games yeah i just Alizé Max going to the combine and Sam West prison. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, just based on like who. No, I agree. The player. other thing is that that Bars is six six three yeah, twenty. Bars, there's <laughs> something unique physically about Alex yeah. Bars. There's no yeah. question about that. I did. I don't know if you saw it. Um, I did interview uh, Alex Bars in, that, yeah. in San Diego, and and he's really optimistic. He's absolutely loving the Exos system that they have there, and in, in, it's actually in Carlsbad, right by San Diego. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's all ball there, man. I mean, it's nothing but all ball for about a month. Yeah, no, I mean, actually, the same thing that closer Tiller, to two yeah, months. Where I went to visit Tillery and Coney just by chance. It was Exos in, in Phoenix. Oh, okay, I mean, it was, was. Okay, I was just really impressed with the facility. But yeah, they're working. I mean, everything was very high tech and science based. Yeah, Bars thinks he's going to get drafted. I'm not sure about that. I mean, Kevin uh, Lewis but he, Moore got drafted in the sixth round, I believe, in 2012. And his injury After was in, the, is in January. In, yeah. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah. You know, bar, Bars, if you thought he was a third rounder, would you pick him in the sixth round? Yeah, I, I would. I, say would, yeah. Probably. I guess, I mean, this is these are great questions for Gabriel because he knows how these conversations go. Yeah. But logically, I would say what you just said. <laughs> if you if you were going to take him, you. then I would go after him later in the Yeah, draft. I don't know that I would have ever projected him as a third rounder. And if my, I mean, if he kept playing the way he was playing? Yeah, possibly. You know? I, I, that's why I just think it's unfortunate because he was really trendy. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's why really I mean, he's six. Play. He's he he's he weighs three twenty one right now. He's six five to six six, legit. I mean, he's huge. You know, I've I've always been. He was the, moving from the really time, well compared to. I mean, he was moving. Yeah, so and he much was better. playing with confidence. He was leading. He's a smart guy. He understands. You know, he played under Harry. He stands. But I guess my point is whether he gets drafted or not. He's got he's got a chance. He punched Chase Winovich in the chest, which made me happy for the. Yeah, you got like that. He was really good. He was really. He was. You'd like to. I like that. I'd like to see Notre Dame game. I want more of that. I'd like to see more people punch Chase Winovich. Just walking down the street too. That's different. But anyway, you know, I mean, they. I thought Gabriel's stories were interesting, especially the defensive side, because those guys are going to those guys are going to get drafted, pretty high. 
I mean, I think I think Tranquil will too. If see um, with Tranquil's medicals, I would double down on this one. If he has bad medicals, I would wait and wait, and I would definitely take him but, in the that, last round of my and team. And that's what that get, guy yeah. has to be on your team. If you yeah, absolutely. There's a lot, but but why would his medicals at this stage? He's played three straight years. I mean, I don't think a I don't think a high ankle sprain that's true. Yeah. a broken hand qualifies as he him tore his being, ACL before. He's, no, he tore so two. Twice. Yeah, yeah twice. but he but it he's played up. three full seasons right, since right. then. I'm just saying it probably adds up for NFL people when yeah. they do that stuff. Yeah, it comes down to what what is it Josh when Adams. they X-ray it, when they MRI it, yeah, and yeah. what does it look like? Yeah, but, I mean, I'm curious because I, I think Tillery will will clearly go first, and then I could I could see Love falling in the third third round. Yeah, maybe easily. Coney goes second. Yeah, I mean, it's a uh, it, you know, like who would have thought. Like Sheldon Day would go in the fourth round, right? After the way his career ended, um, how well he played as a senior. So yeah. it's, I think it's just I don't know. It's hard to tell. Um, it is very hard to tell. Like, I would I would guess Love goes second of those guys. Is my his tape is going to be outstanding. Well, the combine's huge for him. Yeah, the forty time is going to be absolutely huge. Now there are ways we've and I don't seen think it. It's going to be that good. I don't, but he'll improve it because there are ways of improving it. Where is he? But everyone else will improve it as well. Well, you I, know what I mean. I know, but it only but it only matters. the The time only matters if he runs a four five or four. Say he runs a four four eight. Well, then he's golden. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't, don't know that he. No, I don't. Eight. I don't think that he will. But if he can make slight improvements, where is he training? Do you know? Not sure. I'm uh, not sure on that one. Uh, you know, it's like Boykin and Love are the. I, I'm not. Not sure where they yeah. ended up. Uh, I don't know if I said this, but it was in, it was in my story. Bars and Tranquil and Elze Mac are all in um, in San Diego, Carlsbad right. now. So, um, and it's interesting because they report on January fourth, and they don't leave till like the third week of February, but right before the combine starts. So, Bars is loving it, and and good for him. He's a great kid. I hope it all works out for him. Last thing I want to talk about in this segment is the god awful basketball <laughs> performance. <laughs> Last night by, by Notre Dame uh, at, at Miami, they came out hot. They're up 13-4. to four. It looked like they had picked up where they left off against Boston College when they played really, really well. They shot it well. For the first time all year, they shot fifty over 50% uh, field goal and, and three-point against Boston College. And after 13-4 to four last night, just laid an egg. They looked disinterested. I don't understand they what. Interested in shooting? Yeah. Well, yeah. They they kept shooting three pointers and they missed twenty three of their last twenty four. I don't understand what T.J. Gibbs is doing with his basketball career at this point because he's detached and disinterested in being a leader and helping this team dig out of a hole. And then as I as D.J. Harvey has trouble playing five on five basketball and unfortunately those are the rules of the game. I have nothing Aside else to that, add. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Aside from that, how do you like to play, yeah. Mr. Preacher? Well, because, but, uh, because was, Gibbs and Harvey awful. are two of your most talented, physically talented players. And it has – what we're talking about with Harvey has nothing to do with a microfracture surgery. He does not know how to play with four other guys on the basketball court with him. I'm surprised that went on for the final 30 minutes continually – or continuously. It didn't end. Uh, with, I, I can't believe – If they were if, still playing now, I can't it believe still be going it on. was allowed to, to go down like that. Even at one point, Jordan Carnett's just looking, stop chucking threes. You're an awful shooting team that can't stop shooting threes. Like wait, That's not how you dig out of a hole on the road is all of a sudden guys that can't shoot. And please, when I tell people this, when you don't make any shots for a year, you're not a good shooting team. I don't – want to hear the excuses about it's how good on, these shooters are. Right. It's gone up for 23 games. They're now. not good shooters right now. 
Will Nate Lashevsky be a good shooter? Probably. I bet he will be. But you know what? He is not a good college shooter right now, and they are shooting threes as if that is their way out. Yeah, and the freshmen, the, all the freshmen, uh, Lashevsky probably played the best, but Prentice Hub w- was probably I, impacted by playing against his high school I teammate. I think he was. He really he had, seemed He little. had six turnovers. He was, he, and again, he had put together, he had put together two yeah. solid games, and, and, you know, when when you're <clears> as bad as his team is, and you see a little bit of life, like Jogo against Boston College, and even Jogo, who didn't play very well last night. It was one of his be- the best games he's ever yeah, played. It might have been the second best game he's ever played. He came off the bench and offered that all the time. It would be fine. Yeah, and you know, we're, it sounds like we made an excuse for Hubbitts because we just did. You're not. You don't. <laughs> oh yeah, he was probably bothered by playing his high school teammate. You know, who wasn't bothered by playing his high yeah, school teammate? His high school his teammate. High school teammate. Right, right. But yeah, I do think that he was out of sorts for that. Um, it was a, one of the. It looked like watching a game on the road from the McLeod era. It absolutely did. When team that when they like, didn't have nearly as much talent, right. but that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, no, I, I agree. You pretty much all would have them heading towards a four and fourteen finish in the ACC at this. No, point. not necessarily because it was one. They just played two Better good or games. Worse. I think they'll. <laughs> <laughs> I do think they'll win. Uh, no, because they, but if you look at the rest <laughs> of their schedule, yeah, yeah, yeah. their team, there are other bad. They're they're about to play some other bad. They're playing teams all the too. bad teams besides right. the worst teams. I just I don't want to. I don't I don't want to jump the gun over one game because they had just played well in the two previous games. So about twenty three. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a <laughs> you think they're going to start shooting well? They're really good shooters on this team. I do think actually I think they'll win Sunday. Okay. Well, they're at home against Georgia Tech. Right. They should. I said, there's things that can yes. be done. In I don't. Sports I, to I don't. The knee-jerk reaction for one bad game, like on Twitter, it's like, you know, you can't. They just play well against Boston College. I know Boston College isn't very good either, but they they played really well. They competed against Duke, and they were trending in the right direction for the first time in the ACC season. You know, I enjoy the Super Bowl and the college football championship more than last night's game. I had to be on Twitter for last night's game. <laughs> it's part of the job. Yeah. I just put that phone away and enjoyed other things sometimes, yeah. and I need to do that with basketball. Okay, year, that is way more than that performance last night is worth <laughs> speaking of. We'll be back segment two with questions all about football. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Segment two of Irish Illustrated Insider burning up the boards. Our first question is from at NDFan1RAA. Is Notre Dame's ranking, their recruiting ranking of number 14, accurate to you guys? I mean, it's hard. I guess I'd, if, on the surface, I look at it and say, like, I feel like I like this class more than 14th. But then you have to take into account the teams that are ranked ahead of them. And, you know, you look at the 24-7 sports composite, Notre Dame's 15th finish there. The teams in front of them immediately are Clemson 10th, Auburn 11, Tennessee 12th, Penn State 13th, Ohio State 14th. Top 150 players signed by each school, Clemson 7, Auburn 8, Tennessee 5, Penn State 6, Ohio State 7, Notre Dame 3. So then at that yep. point, it kind of becomes hard to argue that Notre Dame should be any higher than it is. Uh, even though when I look at the class, I think I kind of like it a little bit more than a 14th or 15th or 16th kind of class. I think if what we think we're right about works out, it'll prove to be higher than that. If their lines are really good, it'll be better than the 14th or 15th best class. If the defensive line and offensive line 
have, what do we have? Seven. There's seven play, eight players from that group. If six are hits, Notre Dame will be much better than the 15th best class. If two are hits, and then you're relying on the sleepers at the other positions, they'll be a little worse than 14. Yeah. You know, uh, they're not all hits. It's not possible. No, as much as we like the works. offensive linemen and defensive linemen, they, if they get five out of eight, that's great. They need they don't they, get, they need Christophe and Carroll yeah. and Carell to be hits. And they need three defensive linemen to be hits of the, of well, the four. So it's, Lacey, Foskey. I'm I'm gonna look I'm holding out, and Spears. I'm, you need three of them. Yeah, I'm holding out for Howard Cross. I love oh, his tape. And I'm wrong, there's I, nine I, guys. I don't like his, there's nine guys. There are I nine, misspoke, yeah. yeah. But you gotta get five to hit then. For those your base those yeah, are the best positions. Guy, in your one class. of the good things is that the entire offensive line and and uh, a couple of the defensive linemen are early enrollees. That helps. Yeah. A little bit, but uh, number fourteen, I I don't have an argument for that. At B Man underscore twenty seventeen, you guys have said Notre Dame will be ranked between number five and number fifteen recruiting. Does this lower ranking concern you at all, or did they hit at the positions they need to hit and simply take developmental guys at a few positions? I mean, I'm I'm all for taking um, you know Maris Lufau, uh, you know Jack Kaiser to a certain extent. Um, you know, certainly he's. I think had a good first few weeks from what I can gather, but there's, you know, Isaiah Foskey in a lot of ways is a developmental player. Um, you know, he was a two-way player in high school. I talked to one of his assistant coaches last night, and he said, look, this is this is a all-upside type guy because as, as physically as, as physically impressive as he actually is, at, you know, 6'5 and 230 and kind of cut up a little bit, his technique is yeah, his technique it's and spread work. between yep. two positions. You know, once he locks into one spot, I'm very curious to see where all that goes. So um, I think there's there's a lot of developmental guys. I, I'm very interested to see a year from now how many of these guys actually get a start or play uh, extended minutes this fall as freshmen. Because I think last year's class, 27 guys. I think there were a bunch we felt like could factor into the mix, and ultimately one guy started one game, and the impact from the class overall I, I thought was was fairly low. Jason Adamalolo sort of being a, the exception to that group. Yeah, when, but when you go to the playoffs, I mean, yeah, that's what my that, follow up yeah. was. You just had a they were a junior and senior laden team. Yeah, last year, I mean, Kavari yeah. Russell started on the 2012 team. Yeah, they well they freshman. they had nobody right. else. It's just they weren't as healthy then. Um, I I agree with you that I think that this the previous class has to prove a lot this coming year. Oh yeah. Um, but to say that uh, you know, did they hit all the positions they need? That's when you have to do a two. You have to do a two class review for that. So if you if you go back quickly, defensive line the last two years together. Obviously we like it because this this was a great A, and then last year you have the Adam Alola brothers and Franklin. Um, Who's hurt? But that's not part. Of, that's part of recruiting. Right. Uh, offensive line. You have Patterson last year. I was not high on the rest of the offensive line, but I am high on this offensive line. So if you hit four of your eight in a two-year cycle, good, right? Yep. That's fine. Tight ends good because you're basically saying you got a tight end in both years from last year and this year. When you get two last yeah. year and, and, and two are coming in, quarterback Phil Dracovic is part of it. Running back, they did not hit either year that we know of. I Correct. mean, anybody could end up being good, but we're talking about recruiting right now. And yeah. The guys haven't played yet. So if you're going to say a guy is really good. You can't say the guys that aren't supposed to be good are really good right now. They haven't played yet, and it does, and that does impact that impacts the recruiting class. I mean, yes. it's 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 harder to get receivers when you got the receivers that you got last year. I, I get that. Yeah, and that two year hit of receivers would be fine because some of those guys. I mean, out of Lindsey Jones, Wilkins has moved, but he can move back from corner to to wide receiver easily. Um, well, but but now I th- we think he's moving to corner. Yeah, we think for he's moving spring. to corner for the spring, but that doesn't mean his career is there. You know, he's no. got four years left with with Austin. 
I mean, you can't give up on Kevin Austin. No, of course so, there's no reason to so give up on Kevin Austin. So if you're adding all of last year's receivers, it's a quality two-year haul. I mean, I don't like this year's, but last year's was with Keys, and it was really good. That was good. Or good. It was good, right? It was good. Okay. It could be good the two years are good. Yeah, it's hard for me to look at a receiver class and, and go more than good when one guy played. Yeah. And yeah. played very little. Yeah. At Racer05X, seems like a good class, not great. It was such a great season. Should Notre Dame have done a little better? Did the staff take too many early commitments? No on the too many early commitments, and I think that you have to look at, all right, who committed after the season even started, and it's basically Rutherford, Foskey, Lufau, and Bertrand. That's it. Everyone, everyone else was already on board, I believe, when the season started. So, and that, and like, should you, and I like Rutherford. I really, I think we all really like Foskey. Uh, Maris, I think, is one of the most interesting guys they got. And Maris and Bertrand, basically, they got them without the, the lack of an ironclad scholarship being available. So they, they out recruited schools without having the guarantee that there was a, there was space in the class for them. So overall, I mean, I don't have a problem with how they finished up at all. I thought they did a, a really nice job. Um, we'll see what happens in twenty twenty. That, that's really where they need. And to And they're more turn bigger name. We, yeah, we had some. We had a lot of recruiting questions, and I appreciate everybody's input. We couldn't fit them all in here, but uh, you know, there there are some bigger names, maybe some greater opportunities next year. The class will be smaller, so they have to, you know, they have to really really pinpoint next year. Uh, but I do think that, you know, they just went to the playoffs. So generally speaking, that has a greater impact on your following recruiting class than yeah than this yeah. does. So it's it's yeah it's never good to be scrambling either. <laughs> I mean I know that's not the only option to be scrambling or sign too many guys too early. But yeah. you go back to the I mean the scrambling classes those don't come together great for Notre Dame when you're desperate for people now. I think a scrambling class after a four and eight season, we grade that as pretty good effort that they got some guys that yeah, and that's generally what you have to do. Yeah, MTA right. could work out. Right. That was a good scramble in that way. A couple of guys already haven't, but it's you. That's because of four and eight. So that's a that's a different argument than that he was making when he said, you know, shouldn't they have been better? But yeah. I think Tim's right that the next class is the one that benefits from a playoff run. Right. Uh, at ZC seven twenty seven, do Nana Asafo Mensa and Isaiah Foskey project to the same? position this is it's interesting because there's a we have notre dame's <laughs> opinion about it we have our opinion about it should we offer maybe mike elston's first because he probably yes. has a greater yes. impact on Why this should we start yes. with than ours but mike elston apparently sees foskey projecting to strong side and keeping uh osafa mensa at drop hmm. i am the opposite okay. <laughs> so but look if if he sees foskey as a big quick strong side defensive end that is going to be Khalid kareem with a longer frame I am not going to argue with yeah. Lurim's really good defensive line coach or top top tier defensive line coach, but uh, yeah, when I watched him, I thought I loved thought Fosky boy. He's going to be great coming off the edge like Aquara, and I thought uh, Osafa Mensa would grow into the Kareem role in three years. I'm with you. Okay. I, I, I saw Osafa Mensa Moore's strong side, and I think that just the length that Fosky has is more or drop, but. I don't coach defensive linemen in Notre Dame. But maybe they should hire us yeah, to do maybe, so at this maybe, point. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like Elston could need our help. So but there. in summary. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, my first reaction was that Foskey was a, was a, a drop end and, and Osafa Mensa was a strong side defensive end. I think it <laughs> – I think we'll let Mike Elston make the determination. <laughs> yeah, let him it He's out. doing yeah. just fine. Uh, at uh, G underscore Weedler 5, do you think this class is more athletic across the board than past classes? No. No. I, mean, I think it's sort of like in 
it's sort of in the in the ballpark of the last four classes. I mean, I really think you know the 2013 class, which was that was athletic, absurd yeah. um, in terms of you know Jalen Smith and then like a ridiculous group of offensive linemen, and then every class since then I think has sort of been ranked about the same. Like each one has had different strengths and weaknesses, whether yeah. it be the line or the receivers. You know, it's an athletic class, but maybe we didn't talk about it on signing day, but that's proven to be as the current seniors. With Khalid Kareem, I mean, defensive lineman could be athletic too, right? That's kind of what Clemson and Alabama <laughs> feature. Yeah. I mean, with, I would say are. with Dalen Hayes, Khalid Kareem, Julian Aquara, Julian Love, who's gone, Troy Pride, Chase Claypool, Kevin Stefferson. That's a bunch of athletes there. Pretty dude. good athletes. Yeah. I mean, those are those are good athletes. Jalen Elliott's a good athlete. That, that was an athletic, that's a more athletic class than this one. By far. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah. is really good. Like no, trenches. Really, we like yeah. the trenches. I'm right. just saying, those guys are those yeah. are some athletes right there. Yeah. I, I just I wouldn't yeah. say it's any really more athletic than any other class in the last five years, but I wouldn't say it's less athletic either. It's sort of very similar. I think their team's the a good example to use. That's, that's, like, that's the one that like yeah. breaks the mold a little bit. Uh, where is it? Go to, where is it? Right there. <laughs> <laughs> this one is from uh, at JJ Alwine. Who are the must-gets for 2020? You want to start? Uh, no, I would say that uh, there's three defensive linemen. Um, I'm going to go Aiden K because I'm still working on the pronunciation from Colorado. That's a, man, that's a tough one. Um, and then uh, Braden McGregor and Riley Mills for Midwest. Well, are the, the muskets or those are gets there? They're, they're going to get them. I mean, I think if you looked at Notre Dame's board, if, yes. if you're number one or two, no, they're, the position, they're going to get they're going to get Aiden K. Yeah. So if you can get those. Four or three guys to go with um, Ahrensberger from Germany. I think that would be a great defensive line cast. I mean, you already have the, the tight ends is set, yeah, quarterback yeah. set. Um, and then I think you got to break out and get the guy you <laughs> haven't been getting, like A.J. Henning, Jordan Johnson, uh, Chris Tyree, um, that level of offensive skill player. That, to me, that's what's going to make or break Notre Dame's next class is, is the offensive skill positions because they the last cycle just left you you wanting a lot more. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Running backs, in addition to Tyree, uh, Bijan, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it. I apologize if not. Robinson, Seth McGowan. Tyree is Tyree is really, really fast and really, you know, a breakaway type guy for you. Yeah, I think the I think Henning, uh, Jordan Johnson, Jalen McMillan, any of the two of those three receivers, uh, and I love Riley Mills. I, I think he's a I think he's a stud. I think Notre Dame projects him inside. He probably he plays more outside now. Uh, Braden McGregor, Jalen Kimber, cornerback. Right. Enzo Jennings, Notre Dame likes him as a safety. I think he's capable of being a corner uh, as well. So I don't know. You know, I hesitate. Was the question muskets? Yeah. I hesitate with muskets because what, is, what does that mean? I mean, you can list five-star guys that you don't have a chance of getting. We're all talking about guys that they – have a legitimate chance of getting, so I guess that that's more of a musket, a realistic the, musket. The muskets are skill position different make, difference makers in addition to what they have right, right now yeah. for next year. Okay, moving on from uh, the recruiting aspect, a question from at Way to Go K Man: Which of the early enrollees have impressed so far? Uh, Pete, you mentioned Kaiser last week. Uh, you're also. I'm now hearing Kyron Williams as well. Yeah, those are the two that I've heard for the last few weeks that um, that look good out of the gate. 
you know, they look like they sort of belong. Kyron Williams carries himself like a guy who expects to get carries this year, which I think that having a little bit more attitude in your offensive skill positions is always a positive. Um, Ky- for Kaiser, impressing early makes me think that, like, he'll play special teams. That's not yeah. a situation. Like, maybe, and maybe he could back up Shane Simon at Rover. Maybe. But um, that's more of a, hey, we got a really good athlete that uh, we got in before anybody knew about. And, you know, people didn't think a whole lot of uh, Jack Kaiser coming out of high school. Um, they feel like maybe they got a guy on the on the, on a real upswing um, to, to his athletic career. Boy, I hope for this year, Owusu Koromoa can be the backup to Shane Simon at Rover. Because I really liked him coming in, and it's not shown. It's getting that's that he's he got reported, hurt. In he got, fairness, he, he got hurt. He got hurt, but he purportedly didn't doesn't wasn't getting the position that much before he got hurt, um, which is stinks because he was kind of close to being the special teams guy as a freshman that went to Jen Markeith. Right. So you wonder yeah. if he could have been involved in that. But I would I would not. This is not a commentary on Kaiser. It's a commentary on an eighteen year old freshman. Yeah. I hope he's not the backup to Simon for another year. Yeah. No, I agree, and I. You know, Simon wasn't a I, I don't, last year. <laughs> and I don't so. – Quinn Carroll and Zeke Corral and Andrew Christoffic, they're impressive. I mean, they're – Yeah, it's not. They're, they're impressive, uh, and, and they've they've made a, an early mark um, in the few weeks that they've been here. Let's predict some depth chart leaping of the class before them. Those that, With a, not including Jarrett Patterson, the trio that you just said. Well, yeah, Mabry will be jumped, yes. Um, Dirksen I think, and Jones. Yeah, I like I like I've I'm not going to give up on Dirksen. He was I thought he was a three star sleeper for me. Jones is a center, so that's kind of a little bit of different animal. Although that's, I guess Zeke Corral is also going to be. Yeah. I don't he's know. Also a bit of an animal. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes. yeah. I like. I mean, Zeke Zeke Corral, Luke Jones is kind of interesting if you're if you're into like deep cuts of spring practice. Yeah, no, that's what that's what spring who ball the, is. Who right, the backup <laughs> center is going to be would be a definitely deep cut. Um, It'll be asked. You know, it's like, <laughs> is John Olmsted going to get ahead of Jerkson or Dylan Gibson? I don't think so. You know, is Quinn Carroll, like, let's say Quinn Carroll's a tackle. Only Jarrett Patterson is in front of him beyond Eichenberg. Like, so he has they, a shot. They really yeah. like Jarrett Patterson. So yes. I don't know yes. why he would move ahead of him. Um, I don't include Patterson in the getting jumped part at all. Well, yeah. and I think no, I, if I, Carroll plays tackle, I think it's on the right side and Christophic's on the left side. Although I didn't like what Christophic showed in the All-Star game at left tackle. I just didn't play well. Kyron Williams over Sebo Flemister and Jameer Smith would be also an interesting that's, sort of that's deep a fun one. spring ball. Like, who's your number three running back? That's not as deep, though. Because the number three running back could easily be needed with Tony Jones yeah, Jr. as well, your number two, well, right? Well, true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, when you go out to spring ball and you're like, who's getting third team running back reps? That's, that's, that's low down the list. And I think that we should, you know, okay, let's say Kyron Williams is showing really, really well in workouts. That's great. Great attitude, confidence, going for it. That's good. That doesn't necessarily over, that doesn't necessarily compensate for being five foot nine. And not having a fifth gear, which I will stick with until we see it with our eyes. And Sebo Flemister was one of the first guys mentioned last summer as impressed the yes. staff. Yeah. So it's, you like, know, there's... Jacob Lacey is going to impress in spring practice because they have to field a second-team <laughs> yes. defense. Um, does that mean he's, like, just killing it out there? Or is he is he playing because they have to play? Probably... A little bit more of the latter. I mean, I, I think he's going to be a good player. I do too. Haul, I know what you're saying. But yeah. that's a pretty big ask for him. No yeah. tackles, a true freshman. Yeah. Uh, Dip 98. Which single player can Notre Dame least afford to lose to injury uh, between now and the Georgia game on each side of the ball? And he wants us to exclude Ian Book, which is fair. 
I, this was harder to answer than I thought it, or wanted it to be. Um, because your list is long. Is that what you mean? Or I, nobody jumps out. Nobody exactly. really yeah. jumps out. And I, I like, I, I want there to be more, a more indispensable player than I wrote down Kurt Heinisch. That's Chris the first Fink. name I wrote down too, Kurt Heinisch. And I'm just like, that's the guy they could least afford to lose? But I think that's the guy they could least afford to lose. I think there's a Heinisch. guy that jumps out on defense, and it's not either one of those. I, mean, I, I wrote, so Troy Pride was the Troy first Pride. name I wrote down. And then I went Heinisch and Fink. <laughs> I think they can afford to lose Fink. Though. Well, I'm surprised. Really? I, I like Fink. I'm just saying, you could get keys in the game, right? Could <laughs> you? No, I, I don't so. know. I hope so at this I mean, point. Like, they would have lost to USC without Chris Fink. They would have, but they will lose to everybody without a nose tackle. Chris, so you need Heinish. Chris Fink is the king of November, man. <laughs> that month, that, they, they will play you know what? in November this That's year. That's a better month. That's better yeah, than I mean, being what he was, yeah, the king Gil- of April. Gilman? Yeah, I, yeah, I think Gilman was a is a, a true breakthrough for them. Oh, yeah, I don't know why I didn't write down Gilman. Um, and I'm surprised, and I know they got to have pass rushers, but they don't have a pass rusher like, quite like Julian O'Quarr. No, they do need Julian O'Quarr. I, I excluded they, all of the defensive ends because if one got hurt, they would have Okay, well, two, I get that, but you know. but Julian O'Quarr is a, is a cut above. Sure. So if Heinish gets hurt. They are playing with Jason Adamalola, MTA, and Lacey only on the interior. Because Spears clearly is out, and Franco will not be ready early. That's what I'm saying. Those four guys are all equal. <laughs> I guess Lacey's behind the other three veterans on this one, but those guys cannot go down. It's real. That's really a thing. It's a main No, it's it really a- is a thing, which, kind of, which leads us into our next question, which I want to jump into because... It's from at uh, at, oh, yeah. at Busher ninety six at linebacker. Who do you think has the potential to put on some weight and become a defensive lineman? Okay, they don't need they don't need a defensive end. They need a defensive tackle. Right, their ends are they couldn't be deeper at end. I think it's more of which defensive end has to cross train at three technique. Now that's a good question because early last season I was thinking Ogun Deje, but man, he just isn't so that big. Yeah. He's just not that big. To move inside, but and not. I don't think there's a candidate for this. You know, honestly, I mean, you'd be a third teamer. You're a third teamer, and then you're helping. Well, out. I mean, no, you're, there isn't a no. Well, that, yeah. yeah, there isn't. You move Darnell Yule back from guard. Yes, you're that's right. A, that's, for a pra- that's a practice. That's move. a body. That's not a practice. Somebody move. you're going to put in a game. Maybe he makes a move this year. Maybe. I you yeah. know I just I don't expect it, but maybe maybe he does. Well, he can't at offensive line, so he clearly should and will move, right? He's definitely moving. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's on the board. Yeah, it's, it's he's, he's definitely. Yeah, yeah his name is room. right there. Okay, well, also part of that question from M. Busher ninety six is who starts at Mike linebacker against Georgia, which is game three, right? Yep. And who starts at Mike linebacker against USC, which is game twelve? I'd say probably Jonathan Jones and Jonathan Jones. I agree. I wrote about that Monday. I one year. Look at sometimes we there's recency bias for us too. One year ago today, if you said who is Notre Dame starting middle linebacker when Coney and Tranquil are gone, I wouldn't have blinked without saying John Jones. Yeah. I don't know why though. Conversely, to argue against us, yeah. I don't know why he didn't get any quality play. Like he couldn't get in a game to save his life when it was important until the wake game when they were like, "Man, our guys are going to die. We have to play everybody." He couldn't get. He wasn't getting any meaningful reps. And Bo Bauer jumped him. Basically, Bo Bauer jumped him in the summer. Not not Why not during though? the start. I, I don't I don't know. I think Clark Lee likes longer, thicker Mike linebackers. 
That's how we like That's... them built. <laughs> yeah, we're still so, saying John Jones, aren't yeah. we? <laughs> so this, I mean, this falls think... under the Mike Elston will decide who plays top <laughs> and who plays yeah. strong side end. Clark Lee will decide who's the Mike. We need a position where we know what we're talking about over the yeah. coaches. This is a problem. They just right don't take, they just really I don't do think not we're going to find accounts. that position. Hey, I don't think we, we all were right on Chris Fink. All right. All right. I'll say, I mean, right now, John Jones is, as we sit here right now, he's at the top of the depth chart. He is the starter right now. Yeah. So. You know, could Bull Bauer be starting against USC at the end of the year? Again, I'll go back to the Wake Forest game, and he's going to need to find his run fits a hell of a lot better than he did last year, but that was a true freshman thrown in at the end of the game, and so that's not... But those are those are your top two right now. Game three is John Jones, and game 12, I hope, is John Jones. Because if not, there's, he went something went wrong. Yeah, that would be... It'd he's be, a senior middle linebacker. Yeah, he should be the guy. It'd be a good thing. A one-year yeah. bridge, at least. At Garrett underscore W, eleven twenty five. how do you think the depth chart will look at the running back position? S- split snaps between Jones Jr. and Armstrong? I hope Armstrong is one and Jones is two if you're doing splitting snaps. I don't like the 1A, 1B with Tony Jones at this stage. Well, Armstrong was ahead of yeah. John Jones as the season Tony, ended. At Tony. Yeah, he was. Um but I hope it's like, wow, Javar Armstrong Jones. is the lead running back, and Tony Jones is a reliable Jones, senior backup, if that makes sense. Is that, you know what I mean? I don't. I hope it's not like, hey, they're all going to play. Uh, we haven't separated no, themselves. No, Armstrong needs to step forward, right? Unless, uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> he has to be, like, for Notre Dame to have a good offense next year, he needs to have, yeah. like, a now, Dexter Williams, but for 13, 13 games kind of season. Yeah. I'd take Dexter Williams for nine games kind of season on Javar Armstrong, too. <laughs> if you could cherry-pick cherry your nine, that would be... And then, I, you know, I think, Tim, you and I feel the same way about Flemister. I think Flemister is a guy that... I think Chip Long likes Sebo Flemister. I think he likes his upside. When I ask Brian Kelly about Sebo Flemister in the spring, if the word trades comes out of his mouth, I'm just done. I don't know. I'm not going to be able to handle that. Oh. <laughs> you know what happens. when he's, If he says trades in the spring... For a redshirt freshman. He, he possibly could. Uh, he possibly could in that instance. That would be a bad sign, and that's when you jump on the uh, new trains. Pete, your thoughts yeah. on running back? I mean, we haven't even said Jameer Smith. I mean, I really, I sort of look at it as the best case Braver scenario. Davis. I don't know if it's going to work out this way, but the way that it needs to work out is Armstrong is one, and then Jones is two, and then Kyron Williams is 2A. You don't think Flemister? No. I think that's that's my best case scenario. Flemister could also be 2A. Is he going to say traits? That's a, we have a better first bet. Yeah, I'd, I really need to hear a little bit more commentary from the head coach on, or maybe the new running backs <laughs> coach, whenever they, he's officially announced, on what's there before I can sit here and say, like, Sebo Flemister, you know, you hear, wow, really impressive athletically. Like, I think he was one of the guys last summer when the question is, like, who's impressed in the first couple weeks? Sebo Flemister was the guy that came up. Towards the end of the year, it was more of a mixed bag. I'm like, okay, he's with he's with it, he's not, who knows. Um, but I know people who coach there really like him. Um, we'll see. I, I just think the most important thing, give me Jafar Armstrong a strong number one. I agree on that. And I think, one. I mean, I, I think he can be a very strong yeah. number one. He's, a, he's, he's physically gifted. He adapted to the running back position incredibly quickly. Then he was injured, and it, it screwed up the rest of his season. He's versatile. But, He's a, he goes yeah, to the I slot think, and I, catches passes downfield, not just double. Yes, I think he absolutely can be a number one, your number one running back. Absolutely. Irish Boo, is Indy's interest in Eric Kuma a window into the coaching staff's evaluation of Michael Young? That his quickest path to game snaps might be a few carries a game at running back or special teams. I think the first part of this question is interesting. 
because that's what we figured out when Freddie Canteen and Cam Smith came in. It was a window into what they thought they had in that room. Yeah. I don't necessarily think it's a, a Michael Young thing. I think it's a Miles Boykin leaving the program thing. Uh, he's a bigger receiver. You know, Pete and I talked about this extensively last week. I don't think that you turned down a guy that caught 42 passes and scored seven touchdowns and had, you know, 25-yard receptions plus in in six games. I wrote and when I came back from vacation. I heard you guys had a cold spell, by the way, when I was gone a little bit. Yes. That, uh, if you have – if you could bring a guy on for a year that's going to be one of your top 50 or 60 players, of course you bring him on. You're not stunting the growth of someone if the guy's not good enough to beat him out. He's not stunting a wide receiver's growth that's a good wide receiver. Right. So you're trying to win the games, man. This is If he could play and help, of course you need and what we what we t- Or at least what I promoted last week was I, I would like to see more of a rotation. Oh, yeah. Now, <laughs> let me, let me, I, I think it would – let me just change that. It's not an odd thing. I think it would benefit the Notre Dame offense if they were able to use more of a rotation of receivers. Yeah. No, I mean, they didn't really go very deep there at all. I think there are a lot of positions. I mean, linebacker, safety, receiver. Uh, I think they would like to be more of a rotational team at, at all three of those positions. I mean, this year, corner, probably, right? Because Pride will just play one, and then yeah. it'd be nice, I suppose, if all of a sudden Tariq Bracey is, oh, he's a really good sophomore corner. You don't have to sub for him, but I don't know if he'll hold up. He needs to well, get, yeah, he really he needs really to does slap on just, some yeah. weight and some, some strength. I, he is, a, I mean, I think he's a projected starter right now. Yeah, well, yeah, because Boykin uh, followed Pride, right? Boykin is behind yeah, Pride. Yeah, Pride's, Pride's going to play boundary. And Boykin f- seems to have followed. It seems yes. like Boykin has followed, which is interesting. I just thought they might go a battle royal on that other side. I mean, I knowing Pride the, starts. The Kuma situation, if they get him, is basically a like-for-like replacement to Boykin, who they expected to be back, and he wasn't. So they would like to get that kind of body type at that position. How did I, I end up I get talking it. about Noah Boykin when we were talking about the transfer of a grad wide receiver? It's interesting. It's an odd tangent I just went on. Say it again? We talked about Noah Boykin on a wide receiver question here somehow. <laughs> but no, I, I, like the rotation thing. Yeah, oh, well, that's, he, what, that's got, what came He's up. definitely part of the rotation. He would definitely help a rotation. Eric Kuma? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's a good football player I with guess, size. Yeah. That's, a, that's an that odd. That catches the football well. That scores touchdowns. Uh, you know, I mean, Boykin was a leading touchdown receiver last year with eight, and Kuma had seven for Virginia Tech. So I think... I think he'd look good in a Notre Dame uniform. Last question, Air Pirate 73. How confident are you guys in Jamie and Franklin and Sean Crawford playing, all caps, meaningful minutes this fall? I think that Franklin has a little Zorich in him if he can improve post-injury. Um, Crawford, I think he'll start the season as one of their starting corners. So I, I feel confident in that if he's healthy. Well, that Franklin, I just don't know. Um, I have no idea. As far as like having a little Zorich in him, Having written a story on the 1990 recruiting class and how freaking terrified they were of Chris Zorch when they showed up, Aaron Taylor included, I do not see Chris Zorch in anyone, and that is not an insult to anyone else because Chris Zorch was one of a kind. I was standing on the sideline watching football practice, and I was scared of Chris Zorch. <laughs> I, I don't. And it, there, I didn't have. I wasn't in any danger of being hit by him. I didn't think. <laughs> if Franklin has a little Zorch in him. He would have played last year more than <laughs> yeah, one well, snap at Wake no, Forest. Well, and they preserve the year of eligibility for Zorch. Of course, he was... He was a. There's an old picture, man. I bet I bet Lou Samoji has it of Chris Zorich when he came into Notre Dame. You wouldn't even recognize him. He was he was a linebacker. He was, linebacker. Yeah. He was underside, but I mean, just facially, you wouldn't even recognize him. So he had transition too, but yes. that was a little different situation. I, I think we answered this question a little bit though with with Franklin in that we didn't include him 
when we talk about the four linemen that are going to be around next no, year. Because I don't we think don't, he's going to be ready. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be really, really borderline weather. He had, we talked about last week, Pete. I mean, he had a very, very serious injury, a quad injury. Torres quad. Yeah. Who, I mean, I can't, their, like, who even tears their quad? I, I, I don't know. I mean, hamstrings hamstrings suck when you when you pull a hamstring, but a quad, that that's serious. He's that's, out of contact for the spring, and it happened in September, so you can't say with any confidence he'll play meaningful minutes in September or October. But Crawford right? will. Crawford will be healthy again, and he's, they'll throw him back in there. and, and So then it's just staying healthy because he's been in college four yeah. years, and he missed three of them. Yeah, he'll be... He'll be healthy when they At start the time, practice. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So he'll be an integral part. He was an integral part when he was a freshman. He'll right. be an integral part if he's healthy as a fifth-year senior. Not part of the spring, though, again, right? No, not part good. of the spring. Not part of the spring. All right, we we have run out of questions. There'll be more if we uh, just keep digging. Not, well, I could. I, I, there were a whole bunch of recruiting questions, but I think we covered the class pretty well. We'll come back uh, next Thursday, February 14th, a special edition of Valentine's Day edition. Of Irish Illustrated I Insider. You, now I know what you can do for dinner that night. <laughs> yeah. If you're single. Yeah. <laughs> or want to be. Until yeah. then, Tim Priester, Tim O'Malley, Pete Sampson, thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to the Irish Illustrated Insider Podcast. If you enjoy our coverage of Notre Dame football, please consider supporting the podcast with a small donation. Go to irishillustrated.com slash support. Your support will help Irish Illustrated continue to be the leader in coverage of Notre Dame athletics.